All right, guys, big episode of the Nord East podcast. The Vikings have a Monday night mayor with the Eagles. Three Timberwolves in the top 25 in the NBA, and the Gophers go to 3-0. Are we jumping on the bandwagon? Find out. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Going well, man. It's going okay. Could be better. You know. It could be better if our Vikings didn't mm. lay such a Monday night egg. Yeah. Uh, but we will yeah, get I should that. I should have said going well. I was thinking we were going to do the other uh, podcast uh, in my head. I know we just talked about sports, but yeah. From a sports <laughs> perspective, not great, Bob. Not great. Not great. Yeah, not great. So we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. You get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. What a bargain. All right, guys. What are you drinking tonight? All right. I am uh, I'm in Iowa, and I'm drinking Toppling Goliath's Dino Park. So it's like a big double IPA crazy uh, expensive beer. I just bought the one can. You guys ever do that? You just get no. the one can because it was no. like seven no. bucks as opposed to twenty four for the whole. And I I don't want four double IPAs. No, I don't. Either. It was a weird move. I'm enjoying it, but it is an eight dollar beer essentially. Can we redraw the southern Minnesota border and just pick up like Decora as a free agent? Let's just loop it in. Yeah, like just just do a little square. They don't want to be there yeah. anyways. No, yeah. they don't. No. Right, they belong in a good beer state. Uh, anyway, I'm at Modest. I'm drinking their Noteworth. It's called Noteworth. Uh, it's a double dry hop IPA from Modest. It tastes delicious. Good. Guys, I'm currently drinking Diet Coke and cold brew, not mixed together, separately. I'm here battling a migraine, but I'm playing... For the people. Yeah, I'm playing Hurt. Um, I, you know, in hockey terms, I thought that was going to be out one to two weeks with an upper body injury. Um, but here I am, cortisone shot and all. Uh, to to give the people what they need, and that's Nordy's podcast. Unbelievable, the grit, undeniable. The grit. Can you imagine what the pharmacy bill would look like for like a hockey team or a football team? No, it's like, got to be just disturbing. <laughs> like I'm sure if like if you got a Brit, like if you got some analytics on like the medicines they're distributing, you'd be like, wow, holy Jesus. Yeah, and then and then uh, if you're a white player in the NFL you can take ayahuasca. And if you're a black player in the NFL, if you take any drug, you're suspended for like six. And, yeah. and then you get drug tested every two seconds forever. Yes. And you're essentially forever. blacklisted and pushed from the league. Yes. Yes. That does happen. And actually you don't even have to do any of that. If you just like do a silent protest that doesn't bother or affect anyone else, you can get blacklisted from the mm-hmm. league too. You got to be careful. So there's, mm. but that's only if you're black. Right. So of course. Yeah. But if you're, if you're a, uh, famous white quarterback you can also be immunized isn't that what he said yeah yeah, yeah. you could lie you can lie like, essentially they're like did you get the vaccination why aren't you doing all the protocols he's like i'm i'm immunized and everyone's like okay so then he skips all the protocols okay all right guys so um we're gonna dive right on into this episode and we have to start with the minnesota vikings they got whooped on monday night football yeah whooped. uh this was a humbling but you know what i'm not here to bury the vikings so Good teams lose road games to good teams. And sometimes early in the season, you get beat up pretty good. The Rams won the Super Bowl last year. They lost two games by 17. Okay. Ooh, I like that. This doesn't Did you look that, that up? That's, yeah, I like hearing that. You know, that's beautiful. Yeah, the Vikings are going to be a good team still. 
they are not ready to go on the road and take on a really good Eagles. And it showed. Um, and the, the worst thing about this game to me was for how awful we were and how it never felt like we were close, boy, oh, boy, did we throw away a lot of chances to get back in it. Literally and figuratively. Right. Yes. In the first half, we dropped what was a touchdown pass to Irv Smith. Or at least, I mean, if he would have got caught by the safety, it would have been at, like, the two. Yeah, I mean, it just was a massive play that he drops. Should have been points. We threw a pick in the end zone the first, uh, one time. Then we had a blocked field goal that we should have returned to the house with a cornerback who got caught by who I have to believe is the punter. Um, he has to be the punter. Yeah, well, but yeah, but he is the, the typically that's the punter. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, the punter caught the cornerback in the open field <laughs> from behind, which should have been a touchdown. And the cornerback had a head start, too. Just to be clear, on the replay, the punter didn't realize who had the ball and what was happening until after our guy had the ball and was running mm-hmm. and then got caught. And then we threw um, another interception uh, inside the 40-yard line. And then Cousins attempted to throw an interception in the end zone. And then the next play did the exact same underthrow on what was supposed to be a fade. He did it two plays in a row and threw a pick on the second one. It was just a terrible game. Uh, The Eagles were dying to make it a game, and we couldn't take advantage of anything that they gave us. Well, they had what, three points in the second half? Zero. Oh, zero. Zero. Oh, that's right. They got the field goal at the end of the first. Yeah. No one scored a point in the second half. You want to hear another crazy stat? It's the first time that no one has scored a point in the second half of a Vikings game since 1983. Oh, God. That is so weird. So we had the chance. We had plenty of chances, and we just lit them on fire. So it never was a close game. There was opportunities to make it close. Um, I thought that the defense was just brutal in the first half, like about as bad as I've seen. Um, I'm not saying that the Eagles were playing with the same intensity in the second half as their their objectives became run the clock out, you know, don't give stupid turnovers, which they did two times, um, and, you know, try to just get out of this game with a win. Uh, they probably didn't have the same foot to the pedal that they did in the first half. Um, but the thing is, is that last week the Lions blitzed the hell out of Hertz, and Hertz averaged three yards a carry when he was blitzed is all, and he was like two of 12. And he really struggled in that in uh, a game being blitzed all day long by the Lions. The Vikings chose to blitz zero times in the first half, where he absolutely carved us up, ran all over us, and threw all over us, and then only blitzed five times in the second half. And so we did the opposite game plan that worked decently well against him last week. And this week, he just pitch and catch to wide open receivers with an average separation of four and a half yards. And it was seemingly, it was like they took a a page out of the the Bill Belichick um, offense of of yesteryear with Tom Brady, where they're just like, "Ah, we're just going to throw for six yards all day. Like, yeah, I know he had the, I know he had the deep ball, you know, which was great. But like, for the most part, it was like, oh, the guy was just wide open over the middle. Six yards, seven yards, nine yards. How much do you need? You need eight yards? We'll get you nine. You know, you need five yards, get you six. And they were, they were just very, they were, um, conservative but they were just give or taking what the vikings were giving them which was a lot of underneath wide open crossing slash seam routes yes it felt All like um like watching it you know when they needed like a big you know third down conversion it felt like we were playing almost like prevent like all our people were really deep 
and then we just like let them get the the you know first down and then tackle them right after. That's that's exactly what was happening. Okay. Yeah, that was. And we couldn't get a pass that. rush. We were sending four on every play. We couldn't get a pass rush, and then Lance would have all or not Lance. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Hertz would have all day to roll around and move around and buy time and get guys open. And he'd throw underneath, and then guys would run for six, seven, eight yards after the catch. It was crazy. Um, and the thing is, is at the end of the game, after I watched maybe one of the worst defensive halves of football that I've ever seen in my life, at the end of the game. I felt like the offense was a bigger problem than the defense. We held Completely them to four points on the road against a team that is, you know, some people's pick to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. The offense scored seven points, has three touchdowns on the year, and really struggled to ever get out of first gear. Um, Cousins had, a, I thought, a nightmare of a game. Um, it was like it was like he he wasn't doing basic things that he's done his whole career. Um, he was not figuring out any blitzes or any way to pick up any blitzes. He's he's responsible for calling most of these, the the, the pickup. Pass protections. Pass yeah. protection coverage, you know, and he's, he wasn't getting anything right there. He was getting pressure all day. And then when the pressure was coming, he was just like throwing up jump balls and like just throwing the areas. I Even when I, it wasn't I, third down. Yeah, yeah, he just was like throwing the ball in random directions towards our receivers and like just putting them in bad spots. He could have um, had six picks. Yeah, Darius Slay defended seven balls. Like that's like a season's total. <laughs> like it was just bizarre. Like it was such a weird night. Um, I'm not saying Cousins is bad. I'm definitely not saying the Vikings are bad. Um, but it was a really bad night. It was a, a really, really, really bad night. And for the Kirk Cousins can't play on primetime people, like score one for them. Yes, he. Boy, they were they're fo- they're foaming at the mouth today. He really, really struggled. Um, a couple other things I thought on offense. Um, what is up with Dalvin? Dude, I Uh-oh. said what did I? I sent you guys that message uh, in like the first quarter. I said Dalvin is washed. He looks. What happened? I don't know. I don't know if he's got a nagging injury. If that's the case, he shouldn't be starting. Um, or he's just like lost his explosiveness because he's had such a heavy workload and has had so many injuries, and now he's what twenty seven, which I know is super young. And you know, cue the meme of like, oh my god, he's such a he's a marver, modern miracle of medicine. He's twenty one. Yeah. he's the oldest person in the league, or thirty one, yeah, the oldest right. person in the league. Um, I dude, he he has no explosiveness. He. If I had to take a shot for every time he ran into the back of one of our offensive linemen, I would be hammered by halftime. If you had to take a shot every time he either slipped or dropped the ball, you'd be dead. He can't do anything. (laughs) He he can't. He doesn't even look like Dalvin Cook anymore. I don't know what's going on. He looks he looks like the like a forty year old version of himself playing in a, a old timers game. Like that's what it looks like. He's slow. He can't do anything. That's concerning. I thought. I thought that was not great at all. I thought Madison looked like the better running back, even though he didn't easily do either. And then, um, well, he barely had any. I mean, how many times did he touch the ball? Like five times, maybe. And then uh, Jefferson yesterday reminded me of Randy Ratio Viking. What does that mean? Yeah, Randy where too Ratio, much. Mm. where the Randy Ratio Mike Tice. Was, we Mike Tice had a percentage of touches that Moss had to get. And it looked like in this game we were playing with the Jefferson ratio, where it was just like every four plays we throw it to Jefferson, whether he's open or not. Mm. 
And like, it was just, they were playing, they were like letting Slay play super aggressive on him. And then they were rolling safety help over the top. So Slay was just trying to jump every route of the whole game. Yeah, he was just sitting down. He He never, he never got really into a backpedal if he didn't have to. He knew that he had help over the top on Jefferson all game. And then he just attacked every ball the whole time. And Kirk was just like lobbing him in there. So And let's let's also let's also note <clears throat> two things I wanted to point out. One, I don't think Kirk was under that much duress for this game. I don't think the Eagles brought the house that often. I think Eric is right in that he didn't get the protections right sometimes and like forced himself into bad positions. But it's not like Kirk was just under siege. He all threw game. twelve that- passes under pressure, and he was two of twelve. And I yeah. would I would argue some of those like under pressures were standard NFL play that yeah. most quarterbacks should be able to make those throws For like sure. some of those ones to Irv Smith. So anyway, um, and then uh, I think KOC, maybe this is on purpose. Maybe this is accidental. Maybe this is by design. I don't know. Um, they, they're not giving Kirk checkdowns. They're not giving him that nice safety uh, you know, valve in in a running back out in the flat for three yards when we need eight. I, I, they're making Kirk throw the ball and try and get you know go win us the game. And especially in the third and fourth quarter when he was struggling, I think without that checkdown, you know, like like he's had in the past, especially under very conservative uh, you know Zimmer offenses. Um, uh, other than Kevin Stefanski, it seemed like um, Kirk was just uncomfortable with the fact that he did not have a safety valve and was just as as you guys have all mentioned lofting balls throw making throws that we've never seen him make um I, I, i'd be hard pressed to say we've ever seen any qbs make uh other than that poor denver wide receiver that had to play quarterback um so it just seemed it just seemed all out of sorts um and you know i was unimpressed with koc after the game uh, but what's he supposed to say? I think this is a good time. If you're gonna if you're gonna be humbled during the NFL season, week two is a great time to do it. Week two um, is a great time to get humbled because it doesn't yeah. really matter in the end of the year. The first someone said this, and this was a great take. They said no team is who they're going to be in the first four weeks. The first four weeks are just a crapshoot, and you just have to stay alive. And you're going to be well. That's team think you're about be. think about the Packers model, like Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he even cares until week five. You know what I mean? Like he's always said that, like, just stop. Yes. We're one and two. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like it, it everything will be fine. really matter that much. And then here's yeah. the thing. This is what I have been reminding myself. I think the Vikings are a good team. I really do. They have an elite home field advantage. Uh, according to Warren Sharp, he says they have the best home field advantage in a gambling sense, the entire league. Right. So our home field gives us, gives gamblers the best advantage other than any other place. It's so freaking loud in that stadium. So if we have nine home games this year, if we went eight and one at home, which is very do- um, we've you Well, know, does one of the home games count as the Saints in no, London? No. Okay. So we have nine because we have 17 games. Last year we had eight home games. This year we get nine. So we have nine home games. If you could go eight and one in our home game and you could go four and four in your um, neutral and away games, because the Saints game is technically an away game mm-hmm. this year. If you could go four and four in those games, you are a twelve and five team. Yeah. And at the end of the year, when our losses, when we get beat up by the Dolphins and the Bills and the Eagles all on the road, and you drop a game to the the Packers and the Lions on the road or something like that, and you're twelve and five, no one's going to be like, "Man, the Vikings sure stink. They lost all those really good teams on the road." Right. You know, it just doesn't really matter. So 
I'm not jumping off anyone's bandwagon. I'm not here to go after anyone. I was disappointed with the team that we got yesterday. I thought we got outplayed, out-hustled. They were more physical. They out-coached us. They, they did everything better than we did. And, yeah. you know, it sucks. It was annoying. It was frustrating. I was disappointed. But it this wasn't week 16. Well, this was week two. We had a really tough start to the season, the Packers and the Eagles. And if you're going to be one and one in that stretch, which is optimistic even sometimes, you could say, yep. right, wouldn't you rather beat the fucking piss out of the Packers at home? Yes, absolutely. I'm still trying to like, you know, you guys called, both said the Eagles were going to win. It didn't have to look like that. That kind of sucks. But um, these things happen, and we're one and one, and we beat the Packers. So I'm already like feeling good. I don't care. Agreed. I mean, we in a couple plays in the Packer game go the other way. You know, dude catches that ball early. Yep. Um, We could easily be 0-2. So um, I think we should be – and let's also just – from a pragmatic standpoint, this is Kevin O'Connell's second game as a head coach. Yeah. There is so much he has to figure out. Um, there's so much his staff has to figure out. Uh, there's so many other things that need to be sorted before this team will eventually, you know, like Eric said, by like week five, six, become the unit that they're going to be for better or worse. Whether that's good or bad, mm-hmm. they're going to be what they are. So uh, there's a lot of work still to be done. And hopefully they're up for it. Lions come to town this weekend. Now, this is a game that we probably do need to win. We're at home against a division rival who's played exciting games but has given up a ton of points. They're scoring a lot. They're giving up a lot. It should be a shootout. Hopefully the offense is ready to get into a shootout. I think the home crowd will be too much for the Lions. I'm picking the Vikings to win this game 28-24 to 24 in a game that's a little too close for comfort. Okay, I'm going to go 28-21 Vikings. Oh, I'm going to go like 42-38 Vikings. <laughs> Let's go. It's going to be wild. Be so, all right, uh, other things that happened in the NFL. Minnesota native Trey Lance broke his leg in uh, the second game of the year. He's out for the year. Uh, it sucked. It was a gross injury. Got landed on by a big guy. And um, his foot was kind of going the wrong way. It was one of those. They air-casted him. Jimmy G is back with the Niners. Um, and it just sucks. I, you know, I felt like the heat on Trey Lance after playing through a monsoon in week one was unfair. Got off to a pretty good start in week two and then breaks his leg. Yeah, we're down. Did you say, down two did you say that's the Undertaker's music? Oh, Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, we're down two starting quarterbacks now with Dak and, and Trey. Um, we'll see. Hopefully we can keep some more healthy. It's a lot more fun when you don't have backups. And, and Jimmy G is incredibly boring. So, um, yeah, let's keep some quarterbacks healthy. Dude, I'd take Jimmy G boring and winning all day long. Yeah. Yeah. He does I mean, ball. if you're going to – I mean, I, I think their their season is back on track. I, I think the Niners are better with Jimmy. But I understand the direction they were trying to go. But they're going to be a better team with – Jimmy Garoppolo. is a better quarterback currently. But they know where Jimmy's healing yes. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. And they're trying to say, can Lance be the next Josh Allen? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, and now they're all like, oh, so brilliant of us. Everybody pat yourselves on the back for keeping Jimmy. Yeah. Great job, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, other things that happened um, Kyler Murray supposedly got slapped after the crazy comeback win against the Raiders. Did you watch the clip? No. So he's he goes up and he's celebrating with some Niners fans that are there and a Raiders fan it seems like kind of is maybe his Cardinals arm fans? is kind of caught in, you know, like your arm doesn't bend both fucking ways and it kind of like gets drug across his face 
and he turns around instantly, like looking for who did it. Uh, and now the league is investigating who could have slapped oh, Kyler like, Murray. Who's 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 scared of five ten Kyler Murray? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. So yeah, I, I don't. I think they're making a you know mountain out of a molehill here. But if they find out who did it, I'm sure the person's banned forever, and Kyler will press charges and. Who knows? Well, speaking of pressing charges, uh, quarterback Tyrod Taylor is suing the Chargers for their their doctor, at least, for $5 million um, for puncturing his lung with a treatment he was giving him when he used, like, this big needle um, to try to treat his ribs and ended up puncturing his Yeah. Do you guys remember that? It was in 2020. I think he had broken ribs, right? Yeah, he had broken ribs, and he was going to start, and then they had to start Herbert at the last second. Yeah rest is history. I mean, I can kind of see why Tyrod would want to sue. There's been no coming back from that. Herbert's awesome. He knew Herbert was going to take the job, whoops, but he was going to he was going to probably have that job for a couple more weeks and then he could have turned that into a bigger paycheck going somewhere else yeah. or whatever. You know, I, I get it. And the funniest thing about it is that same doctor still works for the Chargers and is currently treating Justin Herbert's ribs. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah, dude. I'd be Which very pretty crazy. like Dude, put the needle down. No, no needles. Yeah. yeah. I told you, creams only. Yeah. <laughs> you apply creams from now on, Doc. That's it. Also, by the way, can we just talk about uh, having made very little impact on the NFL, someone like Tyrod Taylor having the longest career of somebody of his ilk? Like, he's the consummate, like, backup. You need a veteran guy to start, like Eric said, start for a couple weeks and then bring the rookie along, you know, kind of thing. Um, Tyrod Taylor's it, and I think he's got a legit complaint i mean i think he has a legitimate reason to be pissed because you know he was going to be kind of the guy for a little bit and i'm sure a lot of his salary is dependent on performance and bonuses so i'm I'm guessing that to no fault of his own was removed you know was put on the ir i'm sure um so that's not something that he did so i I don't blame him pay the man yeah pay him all right uh other things that happened some crazy comebacks the dolphins were down i believe 28 points and 21 points in the fourth quarter to the ravens before they just went to the like the parking lot offense of just like fastest people run down the field and we're gonna throw it as far and high as we can and you're just gonna run past everyone you're just playing 500 at that point i was getting really concerned though watching waddle and hill just run hail mary balls um against the d-backs of the ravens and then realizing that patrick peterson is gonna have to cover one of them in a few weeks (laughs) yeah which is really spooky um and then the big game for next week the packers are at the bucks next so hopefully the bucks can do some business for us and put the packers to one and two but this, I've watched enough NFL to know that Aaron Rodgers wins. Yeah, and Brady looks every week older they, yeah, I was say, than he ever has. They look the the Bucks look rusty and are very injured offensively. Anyway, a shout out to Adams uh, fantasy guillotine team. Yeah, uh, that had some problems with injuries. And yeah, is, and Mike um, Evans is suspended. Yeah, Mike Evans participation in uh, you know jetting off the sidelines <laughs> and going and spear tackling somebody like dude. What yeah. you, it's. It, <laughs> You don't really have to parse out who's to blame here when you have a big move like that, like dude. And he's gonna he's gonna appeal it, like brother. Yeah. Like we saw that we saw, we saw we the whole thing. To blame, like, but we on. know that you're going to get suspended for doing that. Yeah. All right. So I've just watched enough games to know that Aaron Rodgers is going to win this one. Every week where I'm like, yeah, Packers have such a tough matchup, they're going to lose. Are always the games that they end up winning. So, okay. I'm going to pick the Packers in that one. I'm going to be prepared for it already. The only the only saving grace is that 
I don't think the Packers receivers are up to snuff against the Bucks defense, and with no Bakhtiari, True. the Bucks D line will, will get after Rodgers pretty good. So we'll see. All right, guys, it's time to move on to a different sport, and that's the NBA. We talked a little bit about it last week, and we were all over Anthony Edwards for his ridiculous, um, terrible comments that he made about uh, people in the LGBTQ community. Um, he gave kind of a half-assed apology, and now the NBA has fined him, I believe, $40,000. Was that right? 40K. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I still want more action from Ant on this. Um, like I said. So does Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked that. Kareem was saying that if he doesn't do something to reach out to that community and be supportive, actually, with his actions, then it doesn't mean anything. And I really feel the same way. Like, I'm, I'm not a cancel people and they're gone forever. I'm like, the door is always open, but, like, you've got to, like, you know, atone for some of the mistakes that you make in life. And mm-hmm. so I want Ant to do that. Um in good news for the Timberwolves, the NBA's top 100 players is coming out, and three Wolves are going to make the top 25. We don't know where yet, but Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards will all be in the top 25. And this is voted on by the league? I have no idea. I'm I assuming it's either, some But it's, it's always a big deal, you know, and then they, they publish it in chunks, right? So, so far they've published the top 70, or the not the top 75, but, you know, 26 through 100, and those three are absent, which means that they're in the top 25 because they're certainly top 100. I do think that they literally could be like 20, 23, and 25 or something. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, I think Cat will probably be in the teens again like he usually is. I bet Cat is somewhere around like 14, mm-hmm. and I bet Edwards is somewhere around 18, and I bet Gobert is number 25. There you go. But either way, I mean, that's amazing. That's huge. It is good. It is nice. No, I, I my my excitement for the Wolves is, is pretty high. Like, I know that they've been a nothing but a disappointment for my entire life, but I'm ready to get hurt again. I, I'm ready to, to believe that the Wolves can at least be a nice competitive team in the Western Conference. Do you know how many teams have three players in the top 25? I'd say zero. Just just us? Yeah, just one. At least one, Eric. I mean, that was... So, zero oh, so I think the way the way Eric was answering it was, yeah, was I mean, like, other, th- other than the Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're it. We're it. We're the list of one. So, um, you know, I think that that is promising. It, it is like a kind of a power three, right? I mean, teams that have had a, a really strong base of three have done well. So why can't we? Well, we're really going to miss Pat Bev's energy, I'll tell you that I'll much. T- right, Eric? No. We got Austin Rivers, dude, new favorite <laughs> player. Glue guy. Glue guy. Sorry, I, just, I, just made, I just made Eric's migraine worse yeah, by bringing up Pat Bev. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, jug the coffee, son of a bitch. All right. Um, also in basketball news, Becky Hammond, former assistant coach of the San Antonio Spurs, now is the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA, won the NBA championship. Wow, what? that's got to feel good. That's really Give impressive. her a job in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She's obviously that... insanely talented. She's learned under some of the best yeah. and uh, went and instantly dominated the WNBA. Which is super awesome. Um, yeah. You know, I think we can celebrate the fact that she won in the WNBA without being like, well, that's nothing, right? Like, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah, yeah, eventually do this one more time, whatever it might be, have a couple years there, and give her a shot. Give her a shot in the NBA. Uh, 
What a great if any, if any female to coach cut, is going to do it, it's got to be her, right? I mean, she's so accomplished. Well, what a great place to cut her teeth, right? Um, if she goes to the G League as a head coach, it That's will be noticed for two down. weeks. Yeah, right. No, but I, I, it'll it'll be noticed for two weeks, and then she'll kind of fade into obscurity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's t- probably too early for her to be a head coach in the NBA. Um, or, you know, after leaving, you know, the San Antonio Spurs, right. um, and probably too risky at that point. So, like win two WNBA titles, you know, back to back, um, with some decent players. You know, I don't I don't know the you know the roster of the Las Vegas Aces that well. I'm not a big Las Vegas Aces analytics guy. Right. Um you're more of a sparks. But like guy, do that. Do do that, but then like you you know what it mean like what it's like to be a head coach of a professional basketball team mm-hmm. as opposed to like just an assistant. And I don't mean just an assistant in a derogatory way, but right. like you don't have the same responsibilities. You don't have to do the press conferences. You don't have to do all the, you know, the face of the franchise kind of t- stuff. So she has that opportunity in a big market yeah. um, or at least like a visible market um, with Las Vegas. Do that again. And now, now you have a really good argument yeah. to, to, bring her on i don't know what the vacancies will look like in the next year or two obviously nobody does um but yeah good for her i hope she gets a i hope she gets a shot in the nba i think she will at some point maybe when there's a las vegas men's team in the NBA. there you go yeah my goal uh you know so next year for the WNBA, obviously lynx fan number one number two will be vegas i want becky to continue to dominate to the point where it's undeniable that she should get a shot to be an NBA head coach. Good stuff. All right. Ryan, um, Roger Federer retiring. One of the greats in tennis. Um, I've probably watched Federer play about two or three times in my whole life. Uh, what is, how big of, of a, a story is this for, for this? I mean, this is, I would say like recently, maybe, maybe it's not Tiger Woods retiring, but it's close. Like a few years ago, Tiger and Federer were I mean, outside of the main sports, they were the two most internationally well-known athletes um, there were. Like, Federer was unbelievable. I mean, he was just winning everything, winning majors left and right, winning tournaments. Um, he's a really good person uh, to boot. He does a lot for charity. Never had any scandals. He married his girlfriend from high school, you know, um, all of those things. And, and you know, no, no Tiger-level uh, four-irons through the you know, the driver's side window. So he's not a, uh, he's not a racket smasher type guy. No, he's not a line judge berater type guy. Maybe the best, the best, the best sportsman you can get. And the best part about Roger Federer is, is uh, he had Rafa Nadal on the other side is like, they were always like uh, jousting for one and two, you know, rankings in the world, world of tennis for a while um, until they get a little older. And then Djokovic kind of came on, but Federer was as smooth as you could get as an athlete. He was so fantastic at tennis. Um, it's not a big loss for tennis because they have so many up and coming young, young stars uh, now, but it is a big loss for tennis in the sense that they're losing like a great ambassador, a great person, great human being. And like one of the best to ever do it. He just, his body just can't mm-hmm. do it anymore. So. All right. Federer and Serena in the same year. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. New All right. And then uh, finally guys go for football three and L I am my seatbelt is uh, almost buckled on the Gopher bandwagon. Almost, wow! You got your drink in the cup holder, and yep. like you're you're grabbing the seatbelt to to yeah. reach it across your chest. Yes, and that's because they're playing against Michigan State this weekend, who got whooped by by uh, Washington last week. Okay, 
Yep. Um, who was not a great team, but Michigan State was ranked 11th at the time. We're going on the road for a tough Big Ten matchup. Um, I'm going to buckle in if they win this game and go to 4 0. So you're going to buckle up. You're going to stow your bag under the seat, uh, tray table no. up. You're on? No, not yet. Not yet. Not there yet. Oh, wow. It takes a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's just Jesus. I've been hurt so many times by this team. Um, they do this every year. Let's let's use a different analogy. I mean that that's close. So like the bandwagon is moving. Oh yeah. So you you have you've jumped on. You got your hand on like the side rail. Yep. Maybe you're just looking for a seat at this point. Yeah, like, yeah. You're yeah. Deciding okay. it's not going it's not going super fast right now. I could and still you jump could easily off. get off. I can yeah, easily without run, uh, go for a stink guys. They always have. They always stink. I don't even yeah. care. Okay, that's that could still happen. Yeah, I, I don't think Eric has not in a seat yet. I don't think. But I, I do think PJ Fleck is a really good coach. I do think that the team looks really good. Ibrahim um, is awesome. Fight. Oh, he's fantastic. He's I was gonna say outside outside of our quarterback, I think everyone looks good. I think our defense is going to be our biggest strength. Yeah, and then season. it just sucks that Ottman Bell, the top receiver on the team, is out for the year. He's trying to come back now for a seventh year, which is how many Achilles injuries can one team have <laughs> in a three-year yeah, span? Not it's, great. it's absurd. So that sucked to see him go down, but I do think that the Gophers are going to win this week. Uh, no, no, I think that the Michigan's going to be pissed that they lost in a game they should have won, and like they're, I mean, they're a ranked team. I think that they're going to take care of business. I believe in Fleck. He's gonna, he's gonna like win a few more games before he breaks our heart, losing to like a crappy Iowa. Team. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. I just have a bad feeling about it. I guess I don't really have any, you know, in-depth analytics to come to my decision. That's just, that's just. My Jimbo's just pissed about the Vikings, and he's uh-huh. sore I'm, I'm about it. So he's, he's projecting on the Gophers now. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota yeah. teams, uh, but I think, I think they lose too. I don't <laughs> think we play well at Michigan State. They've beat us uh, more times than we have them. It's, it's a tough place to play. I think we get, I think it's close, but it's like thirty-one twenty-eight. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right to me. It's not going to be a blowout. And if we All win, right, hey, so that's great. I'm psyched. I'm already on the bandwagon because I don't, I don't play those games here. I'm alum. I that's because you're an alumni. I am. I'm alum. I'm alumnus. Yeah. Do you have a cup, of, a cup of coffee there too? I've been around in your travels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been around. I can claim three, four schools like that. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right, guys, that is all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Go check out our uh, Thrones cast from earlier in the week. These two guys did a great job breaking down the best show in TV right now. Um, So until next time, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies Podcast.